Yeah, so all of these we can we've talked about before on our on our podcast and I think it was the last episode. No, no, it was two episodes ago. About time is meaningless. <laughs> in our <laughs> in our prohibition po- uh, episode, we talked about a bit about taking offense, about how taking offense might may or may not be a valid standpoint for uh, stating that something should or should not be done. So let's discuss this. What do you think? What do you guys think? What, what, what's your opinion on this? From my standpoint, I believe, and I think I've said this before, that offense is something which is incredibly personal. So you're the one feeling offense from what somebody, someone said or did. And what I find interesting is when people take offense in the name of other people. Because in my head, at least, I don't really think it makes sense. There's the point where, you know, you can... Eat, I have I've had this conversation with Philippe recently, um, but essentially you can't control your emotions, but you can uh, you know process and generalize them, right? That's the difference. So when it comes to feeling offense in the names of others, I think that generally comes from a place of being uncomfortable with a, a, a certain topic, and you just automatically say, "Oh, that's offensive." You can say that. I think so. I have two two things about what you just said. So first off, I think no, no topic is not open for discussion. I think uh, if people actually listen to... I'm sorry, Philip is like shaking his head and I'm like, no. Uh, I think that people should discuss stuff. If people don't understand why something is the way it is, then discuss it. It's not forbidden to, to talk about it. You know, it, sh- it shouldn't be. About taking offense in the name of others. Uh, it's... A bit more complicated than than what I'm about to say, but I think that sometimes it is kind of necessary because the minority is a minority, right? So it's very hard for them to fight by themselves sometimes about to to get into the, a point where equal. Uh, and I think that we should fight uh, the three included. Uh, we should fight for for these people, and that means that we will probably take some offenses as if we were in, in their groups, right? Uh, just touching on the second point first, because yeah, I have to agree with you there. It's just that we have to understand that language has power. It's not just a group of symbols. Yeah. They have a meaning attributed to them. So if it has power and if it can trade power, it's essential in, this, in the struggles of, the, of these minorities because it can help balance... The scales, let's say it this way. But touching on your first point about what should or not sh- or shouldn't uh, be allowed to discuss, I, I want to touch quickly that this isn't a thing of... Because we're mostly touching on left PC, you know, left-wing PC, which is this race or uh, allowing people to, to, to get better rights or less be less discriminated, have a better life and using PC... So, to give those groups uh, a better standing, better equality. That's the word I was looking for. But when we say we should be able to discuss any and everything, we're saying that there's a, in a way, we're saying that the truth, there's a truth and um, how do I say this? And, and understanding that always comes from this discussion, that all discussion will give good results. Which I believe there are discussions that... <laughs> now I have both of them wanting to talk. So, uh, 
I believe that not all discussion will have... What I'm trying to say is that everyone does PC. Even people who are against PC do, do PC. Because when you believe you can't change another person's opinion, you stop talking to them and you marginalize them and their opinions that don't agree with them. You do. That's what people... Mo that's what Everyone does PC. That's my opinion. And that's what I'm trying to convey here is that there isn't a, a group of people who are in favor of PC and others who are against it. There is no and who is truly in favor of discussing any and everything. I could be wrong, but I think what Hugo was trying to say was that there shouldn't be any taboos, right? There should be a healthy conversation. It's not, a, it's not about changing people's minds. It's about having a conversation. And if their minds are going to be changed, they're going to do that, do that on themselves. And the thing is, because I see this a lot, people, let's say some, someone says or does some, something controversial, some, somebody calls them out, and instead of having a conversation, people either just say, you can't talk about that, period, or, you can, or people just get prosecuted and that there's no meaningful conversation. So from a, a, a conversational standpoint, I personally believe there shouldn't be taboos, but the conversation should be held on healthy grounds. And then you touched re regarding on the offense part. I I agree that you know we should have a open mind regarding things, and you know the idea of fighting on behalf of other people has a place. But I just think that people are quick to go on the offensive, and by that I mean I I feel I feel offense to that in the name of. I don't think that's the right way to do that. I think that a different mindset would be more helpful, right? Just putting yourself in, in, in somebody else's somebody else's shoes and just and just say, okay, I understand where you're coming from, but maybe consider this, and not just saying which I, which I think is what most people do. That's offensive. I don't I don't think that's constructive. Uh, so uh, just quick uh, on your first. Uh, on what you're saying first of uh, healthy discussion in, in my opinion just who defines what is healthy discussion and th that's where I believe comes in uh, what I was saying last in my argument which is we all do PC because there are, there's a line for everybody and what I'm just saying is that we all have a PC we just define how far it can go differently but we all have discussions which we think will go nowhere and, and people we believe cannot be changed in any way or cannot be, can have a good discussion with. So we just marginalize those opinions, those beliefs, because if those opinions, those people, those arguments, because we believe nothing will come out of them. I'm just saying that PC is there for everybody. There isn't a true, I'll discuss anything with anyone at any moment. That's what I'm saying. Well, you're right, but I think that we should fight for it in a way. So we should fight for trying to explain everything to everyone. I know it's, we should try to be teachers, you know, because, I mean, we all, we weren't born with a, with a book, right? With a, a manual for how to live life, <laughs> sadly. And sometimes it's, if people have conflicting ideas because they were born and they lived in a, a society that you know showed them that was the way to live you know like those stereotypes and everything 
were their way of protection, their walls. So this is this all goes into a very big topic, which is free speech. So, and the big question here about political correctness is, is does it get in the way of free speech? Uh, I'm going to give my quick answer. Yes, of course it does. If you say we can talk about this, of course, speech is no longer truly free because you've just said we can't talk about this. But in my, uh, so the question becomes, which is more important, PC and what it stands for or free speech? And I believe it touches on what we were talking about before, which is that idea of where do we stop? Where does PC can go? And where shouldn't it go or should it exist at all? And it connects very clearly to what you were saying of teaching. And to whom can you teach, in my opinion? And is there a person or argument to which you have no answer to or to which? There, um, and a quick example, if someone is just spouting racial slurs or transphobic uh, in, uh, insults or whatever it is, there's no true argument to do against it, against just a clearly aggressive, offensive uh, speech pattern. So can you do anything else but marginalize that speech? Uh, this is a question that I'm making, guys, not telling you A or B. I, I think what should be marginalized is not the, so the discussion itself, right? What should be marginalized is that, that behavior. And that shouldn't be just against race, you know? It should be marginalized because of the behavior itself. So uh, someone that is constantly insulting you in a discussion, that's something that should be marginalized by itself and not uh, the fact that it's because it's racial. Right now, we need this, these rules, you know? Because, uh, so as we, we said before, these are minorities and they need the, these, these rules and this rule book to, to protect themselves. But in, from my point of view, that kind of arguments, which they are not arguments, they're just spouting insults, uh, is unacceptable in any scenario. You know, that there is no way you can reach any kind of agreement or any kind of conclusion by just being like that. And I uh, sympathize a lot with the idea of being teachers, because that is something that I personally hold as one of my uh, core beliefs, which is highly connected to the idea of empathy, that no matter the mistake that somebody makes, there's always the possibility of change and reform, right? That's that's the, the ideal concept. But but when when do you draw the line? Right? When what's the extreme and where do, does that idea that ideal break, right? A allow me a strange metaphor. Think about let, let's assume that there's an ideal prison system, right? The idea that someone does a crime, they go to prison and they get out reform. What do you do with the, the absolutely extreme crime. Can those people, can the, these people be reformed, right? And if you transpose this into political correctness, if you have someone who is not willing to have a conversation, how do you deal with them? This is not an, an ideal situation, and obviously there isn't an ideal solution. But from my point of view, if you can't teach them, maybe they can become an example, and you can teach other people. And what I mean by an example, I don't, I don't mean marginalizing, I don't mean, I don't mean 
Uh, I don't mean making it people <laughs> as a violent example. That's guys, come on. <laughs> <laughs> no. uh, I'm sorry, the audience isn't isn't seeing, but we, me and Philip are just making symbols about people. That's not what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, if you have someone who is not willing to have a conversation, if you can't talk to them, you can use them as a verbal example. <laughs> As, as what a bad example can be, right? If you can teach them, you can teach others. You know, again, the idea that uh, there are people who use, let's say, political correctness wrong by creating barriers around conversation and uh, marginalizing people just because they're talking about something or because they're talking in a specific way leads me to a certain belief that isn't certain that political correctness doesn't really work that well. And uh, let me give you a little quote, which I, I like a lot, was, which comes from Stephen Fry, who says, I believe one of the greatest, greatest human failings is to prefer to be right than to be effective, right? Because a lot of people misuse political correctness because they believe that someone, someone is saying something that is wrong. I think that they are wrong. I point, that, point out that they are wrong. And since I'm right, that's the end of the conversation, right? Am I, am I being clear here? Do, am I making sense? Uh, yes. Okay, thank you. Mm -hmm. Okay, so just uh, quickly, all of that of PC being used well or not well. Uh, PC is, as we said in the beginning, very complex. There are very different uh, ways of actualizing PC. And, and quickly, from what I know, there are two main ones, which are the two different ways of... Uh, PC is liberal, first and foremost. PC is a, a liberal uh, ideology, meaning that it defends uh, equality and the, in individualism. Uh, basically, you, I think th those concepts are, are very understandable uh, for all of us. But what uh, PC did to, to liberalism was it, it split liberalism in two, which were the ones who stayed with um, truth, as the search for truth, and the ones who dropped the search for truth. And those are the two ways of liberalism. One accepts that truth is a thing that we can still strive for, and others still just think that truth is not real. There is no truth, real truth. There are many constructions, uh, many different ideas, and the, the social reality which you are trying to manage with PC is not, there is no truth there. There's only a bunch of different ideas, different theories, different beliefs. And you need to manage the ones you believe are not morally correct. The other one just believes that there is some truth and it tries this weird game of, that we are kind of talking about here of allowing free speech and not allowing free speech at the same time by creating a sort of invisible wall that pushes everything that is not liberal out of the way. Basically, everything that doesn't agree with those liberal values I talked about, which is mainly e equality. If it doesn't agree uh, with equality or individual liberty, mainly equality, which we are talking about here, those are pushed aside. So these two values are more important than truth, despite the fact that you still believe truth as a value. So the, this is the problem for liberalism, which is trying to keep these two values at the same time. And the other one simply said, 
get rid of truth. We'll just say with these two. And that's where we went. Uh, just, I don't know how much time I'm wasting, but just a quick uh, historical uh, perspective. This happened after World War II, where science failed us immensely. It killed millions of millions of millions. Uh, the Holocaust was a very scientific industrial process with very logical. You wanted space. You had too many people who you believed were inferior based on your science. So you created an industrial process to eliminate them. So this was the result of liberalism without equality and individual liberties. So people got scared of the value of truth and knowledge by itself. So they kicked it out. And others tried to hold on to it, but made these adjustments where, yeah, but liberty, individual liberty, equality are still superior. So if you're not there, we won't talk to you. And that is where most uh, thought processes are today. Universities and information producing think tanks usually have this ideology, which is lib liberal ideology, where if you're not for if you're not talking individual supporting individual liberty, truth is not important to us. And that's why I believe PC is everywhere. My greatest fear regarding PC, by the way, is that it is it might become a gateway into a lot of censorship. What do you guys think about this? Because this is probably my greatest the greatest thing about PC for me. Uh, yeah, I believe it's a powerful argument that if you put in place, because we haven't talked about it yet, but if government gets involved and government starts imposing PC, which hasn't happened yet in most countries that I believe, uh, it's mostly a social uh, group pressure. But if there's a, a way where you allow people to censor, then someone else can use that system to do things worth things let's say like actually do a communist or a fascist level of of uh, of censorship which is very scary i understand uh, that's the tightrope pc walks on in my opinion yeah that's 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 my greatest fear regarding pc it's uh it's that it becomes so in engraved in our culture or in our uh, that you can actually enter a censorship there's another perspective when it comes to censor censorship. It is not just cens censorship that comes from law or the government. There's the idea, right, and this is this is something difficult for me to talk about because I don't, I, it's not that I don't understand it, it's, okay, let me explain. So, are you guys familiar with a man called Jordan Peterson? Uh, I know of. Yeah, he's a um, Canadian uh, psychologist, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's a bit but, uh, right wing. A bit. <laughs> no, he's a bit right wing, right? Uh, and he's he has a great argumentative power. He's real, really, really excellent speaker. And he has this. I don't usually subscribe to his ideologies. I mostly don't agree with him. But he does have a solid point when it comes to censorship, because he believes that on the left, when it comes to political correctness, there's this collectivism where people bind, bend together when they're trying to create social social change. And he thinks that this is something that is incredibly destructive because this ideology subtracts from an individual's value and makes it a part of the collective. 
What I'm trying to say here is, or what he's trying to say is that this is incredibly dangerous for free speech because it disables it. And I understand his points of his point of view, but I I think it's missing the point, right? What he always tries to say is, this collectivist standpoint, this ideology says that if you are inside this group within the con context of political correctness, your opinions and voice don't matter so long as they are against going against the group and thus your your personal value is subtracted. Obviously, I don't agree with this. I don't think that's what's happening. But I understand why this isn't a perspective that he came upon. Yeah, first and foremost, that's just a basic process of group psychology. Groups do this. Yes. But just so the group stays together, they will cut someone out that they believe is endangering the existence of the group. So this is a process of how groups function in social terms. Uh, so that's where he's coming from. And I believe that some liberal points go through that. But just a criticism I want to make, uh, just a quick note, is that he's in a way trying to defend liberal value of individual liberty, which was uh, talking about. He's using PC in a way. He's saying this, what these people are saying, not because it's putting in danger individual liberty. So this idea of collectivism, maybe not because it's putting in danger my value of individual liberty. So that's what I'm trying to say. There's PC everywhere. And everyone is PC. Hope you're enjoying this episode so far. You can follow us on Twitter at The Rambling Book and on Instagram at The Book of Ramblings. You can check out the third part of this episode next week.